Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know what? You know how I would describe the weather today? Um, overcast. Temperate. Oh, okay. It's surprisingly temperate. My, my description was more clinical. Yeah. Old old Jesse Thorne in his purple prose. Yeah, mine was poetic. I like to think of it as poetic. Okay, I'm uh, Wendy Carlos Williams for my time. <laughs> Wait, Wendy Carl William Carlos Williams? I've I've conflated mm. in that the uh, famous poem, the mm-hmm. famous poet, and uh, the person, the transgendered person who did switched on Bach. Oh, terrific! Well, the electronic music pioneer Wendy Carlos. <laughs> I don't know about that. Wendy Carlos was transgendered? John Ross Bowie, we have not introduced you yet. Oh, my gosh. I just introduced John Ross Bowie. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Baffled in my mind is blown. Wendy Carlos was one of the first famous transgendered people in the United States. Really? Walter Carlos, I want to say, was her original name. Really? Yeah. I got to go back and listen to that weird switched on Bach cassette that my stepmom gave me to curry favor in the early 80s <laughs> with a whole new perspective. Your stepmom had a really bad plan going into that <laughs> she really, favor curry. Bless her heart. She really kind of whiffed that one. Yeah. yeah that like, was there's, not... some, there's some like there's some like classic getting to know the stepkids gifts. Baseball mitt, uh, two-wheeler. To her credit, I guess what she was thinking is, I mean, again, recognize what time of of the 20th century this was. This was the early 80s. She also gave you a Tron helmet. She gave me a Tron (laughs) helmet, and and, uh, she gave me a lot of cocaine. (laughs) um, There was a uh, a synthesizer. You know, as a package, that makes sense. A Tron helmet, a bunch of blow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's a weekend. (laughs) That's an awesome, awesome weekend. Yeah. And if that's in a nice gift basket. (laughs) Yes, it was. Of course. Yeah. Individually, it's a little strange. And but. a cassette of Switched On Bach because she saw like, oh, you're into synthesizers. And at the time, I, I kind of was. It was the era. Did you I own no, a synthesizer? No, I did not. Okay. I just liked listening to them. <laughs> I was into a lot of Depeche Mode, Howard Jones, Thomas Dolby, that kind of sure. stuff. And, How'd you uh, feel about theremins? Um, you know, I hadn't discovered them yet. I didn't mm. really discover theremins until um, I had a, a friend do like the necessary, like sit down and really listen to the Beach Boys. No, I mean really listen to the Beach Boys in college. Hmm. My friend Michael Gallagher. Alvin turned me on to the theremin and its many uses and then pointed out where I'd heard it elsewhere. One time this theremin guy came to be on our show when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Were you around that time? Uh, I don't know. To start, the, start the story. There was a famous theremin player. Not famous. Let's I was going to say, yeah. Because the famous theremin player is theremin, yes. the guy. <laughs> and then after that, it's you're, and it's all B cut. I will, after that. Oh, I'll say I was uh, watching a video of a recent Fishbone performance. Fishbone, still around. Yeah. Sure. Uh, lead singer will take a little pause and play the theremin. Sure. And it's awesome. Oh, anyway. Yeah. They're, they're leaders in the black theremin movement. <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, this theremin BTM. guy. You, you, there is one lady, as I recall. From having watched a documentary about fifth theremins at one point in my life, there's some lady who's like 80 years old who is the sole remaining theremin virtuoso trained by theremin. Yeah, that's right. Mm. It's so, the, the film is just called Theremin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think we've seen so. the same one. Okay. And there, but there is this. There was this guy in Santa Cruz where we used to do our show, uh, The Sound of Young America, in the olden times, mm-hmm. who was a theremin who gave theremin recitals, did theremin performances. Um, and was uh, and toured as a theremin artist, and he would play theremin outdoors. 
I, this is a Santa Cruz. This is like he might as well have been playing it on a recumbent bicycle. But <laughs> he was – he and, and when I found – I read an article and maybe in the campus newspaper or something about this Theremin guy. And I thought, well, this would make a fun Santa Cruz segment for our show. He's local. We'll bring him up to the station. We'll talk to him about theremins. Sure. He'll play some songs into the microphone or whatever. I local don't, color. Yeah, local color. Um, as I recall – he showed up half an hour late, hour-long show. Shocked I am. Um, In Santa Cruz, the devil you say. And, and he had a real Wait, attitude. was he a little high? Was he, he maybe was a little high? Of, <laughs> no, he was, a, he was too geeky to be high. Oh, oh infuriating. He, was a, he had probably built this theremin. Okay. Um, he had a beard. He was older than I expected. He was, I would guess, mid-30s, but I think he was a Santa Cruz student of some kind. <laughs> Um, not a no, not a lot of graduate programs at UCSC. So yeah, but, uh, but he had a real diva attitude that about playing his theremin. Fascinating. I love Santa Cruz because well, a couple of things. One, I love that everybody who went to Santa Cruz, spent time in Santa Cruz, makes a recumbent bike reference at one point or another. Right. Seth Morris does it all the time. Yeah, he's, sure. a, he's a UC Santa Cruz, 95, I want to say. And um, he uh, he's constantly referring to like the middle-aged guys on the recumbent bikes, and it's sure. fascinating to me. But I went to school in uh, at Ithaca College, which is very much an East Coast Santa Cruz. Hippie town. A lot of people go to the college and then just stay in the town and just hang out. And there's such a – it's a real like – Because it's chill. It's chill. It's As I understand, chill. Ithaca is gorgeous. That is correct. It is that. But it's also just incredibly – like all college towns are pretty lefty. But like Ithaca was actually a little too liberal for my taste sometimes. I'd be like, OK, you know, you're in a museum. Put some shoes on. It was that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was – it was, and there was this incredible – like they had a socialist mayor. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, oh, that guy's you know, like the way we call the president a socialist. I mean the guy ran on the socialist ticket and won. And he was he was he – like uh, appropriating land from rich farmers, you would think, and giving it to the working class. Uh, well, he was when he wasn't burning down factories. Yes, the um, no, he was just this guy who happened to be running on the socialist uh, on the socialist ticket. It was Hugo Chavez. It was Hugo it? Chavez. Uh, he has a heaps a winter home in Ithaca, which is the worst idea ever. Now that I've said it out loud, sure. But the um, but it, but Ithaca is such like a a, a down home quiet, small business-oriented community. They, they focus. They have their own currency. They actually do where, where you, yeah, can, you, can only spend, you can only spend it at like, local businesses. Like Disney bucks. Like Disney bucks except, sure. except the absolute But you can opposite. use it to buy a bong. You could totally use it to buy a bong provided it is a locally made bong. But oh, they're okay. so, they so don't cotton to outsiders that they kicked a Ben & Jerry's out of downtown Wow. Like Ben and Jerry's was too we're, corporate for them. And they were like, get out of here, right you screws. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how that's how like insular and hippie that town is. And whenever I hear stories about Santa Cruz and the few times I've been there, I'm always like, yeah, this is Ithaca with better weather. This is awesome. One of the things about it is that it is, you know, like there are things about it that we laugh and joke about mm-hmm. all the time about Santa Cruz sure. and the years that we spent there. It is a very pleasant place. Oh, Totally. Like a very pleasant place. Like all of these things, like the worst that I find myself ever saying about any of the ridiculous Santa Cruz yeah. stuff, you know, like people, the shoelessness and that sure. that sort of right, thing. Right, right, sure. You just kind of go, <laughs> hey, guys, don't wear any shoes. Give me a break. Yeah, though that's it. 
Yeah, he's like, that guy's got free mumia tattooed on his forehead. (laughs) What's the harm? What's the harm? Come on, sure. You know what? I will sit through a couple of your songs. What am I doing? By all means. But how does, how does, I I have, I, the idea of, uh, my idea of Santa Cruz and a hippie town, it is not, uh, it will not correlate with a harsh winter. Like, I picture hippies dying in droves. I know. You would think. But here's the thing. They do a lot of natural fabrics layered. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. The uh, the hippies are very adaptable. Oh, very adaptable. Yeah, well, they're essentially nomads. (laughs) Right. And as such, they are able to uh, to to adapt to their uh, their circumstances very very well. And a I lot guess, of them are and I guess bearing a, I guess there's a lot of like group living that goes on. So of, like, worst comes to worst, you just sleep in a pile. Absolutely. Also, uh, blonde dreads very warming. Oh. Sure, very warmer than regular dreads. Apparently, um, if I'm to judge by Ithaca. But you're absolutely right. You're like, well, you will have to put shoes on at some point. And the answer is not necessarily. Really? No, they were pretty sturdy. Is there a no? Sh- are there people walking around? without shoes because if you went there during college you were there in the winter yeah were yeah. there people with no shoes in the winter yeah I would see I would see people uh, down on the commons which was this little paved over like um, I would call it a passenger mall but that's uh, yeah. a pedestrian mall but that sounds so corporate um, it so, was it was where all the vegan eateries were were within walking distance of each other and the uh, yeah you would see people without shoes in crazy crazy so weather. like parka Homemade scarf, snow pants, no shoes. Yes, very much. And then yeah. like um, the uh, those particular kinds of ponchos that we used to call drug rugs, mm-hmm. um, which with like the little pocket in the front where you can put both your hands and keep them warm that way. Drug rug. Um, yeah. So you'd see a lot of those. And uh, yeah, it was a, it's a weird, weird little town. Uh, have you been back since having graduated? Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah. I've, I, I went back once. Um, my wife was visiting some friends in in nearby Oswego, mm-hmm. and we uh, we 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 visited Ithaca, and it, it's still you know lovely. And there is amazing, you know, st- stopping in the Moosewood for their cashew cashew chili. You know, right. it's, it's it's there's great stuff there, but it's so goddamn hippie. And everyone and there's and that's like the first place where I really smelled patchouli on moss. You know, like a <laughs> right. lot of it, like really like overwhelming. Like, oh my god, I'm actually think I'm going to start developing migraines because of all this patchouli. And uh, yeah, it was it was eye opening. But it kind of coming from New York City and then going where I grew up and then going to Ithaca, it it mellows you out. Like, I don't know what kind sure. of rage issues I'd have, and I've got some anyway, but I don't know <laughs> where I'd be if it wasn't for the four years of, like, forced meditation that Ithaca provided. Well, there's <laughs> something nice about having an opportunity to be the moderate. That's true, too. Right. In a situation where a bunch of hippies, if they've gone out, they've hippied it up 10 out of 10. Yeah. They're all, they all live in their Bucky Domes uh-huh. and so on and so forth, or their yurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've... And and then you can just go and just be like, hey, I'll take that, but with meat in it. Yes, exactly. And you, you can enjoy it. <laughs> they put so much effort into making it taste good despite they not having any meat in it. You put some meat in it. It's amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Are you kidding with this spices, with this whole flavor platform? Are you kidding? It's great. And I'm talking – I'm speaking here metaphorically. No, but literally too. I think there's a lot to be um, – There's a lot, <laughs> most of those dishes could be could be spruced up with some carnitas. And also there is something – What dish couldn't be spruced <laughs> up with a little carnitas? Nothing comes to mind, no. The, um, uh, there is something to be – like, oh, all of a sudden I'm the suit. Sure. How mm-hmm. did this happen? Well, I mean, I, I mean, growing up in Orange County, I was 
I mean, I feel like I was the hippie at my high school. I bet you were. Orange County is a really conservative area, it right? It is very, yeah. Uh, yeah, just like from having a thrift store t-shirt. Huh, what town? Uh, um, Mission Viejo. Okay. So sure. kind of near your Laguna Beach, Dana Point-ish I, areas. I yeah. So yeah, I definitely felt like in Santa Cruz, I'm like, oh, I'm like a stuffed shirt around here. Like I'm a square. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and I was one, I was kind of like one of like the- Because I haven't had sex, uh, group sex with the uh, with my- cast of an independent flash mob Rocky Horror Picture Show that just picks awesome. a spot downtown to put itself on. I'm so hard right now. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and, and, you're, and you're, you're not a 17-year-old survivor of group sex also. That's sure. The other, yeah. No, there was very – I think there was a lot to being like – um, like the feisty rebel, exact opposite, you know, same sort of thing. The feisty rebel in in New York is is really like bound for Wall Street in Ithaca. Yeah, it's 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 a remarkable sort of like grades you on a curve sort of situation. And everyone has everyone that's that's makes up these places has really cleared a path for you. Yes, you know what I mean. Like you don't have to. You don't have to do anything ridiculous in order to enjoy all of the good parts about the ridiculousness that those <laughs> before you have done. That's very, very true. That's very true. You can just kind of go and, and look at the really, really beautiful hippie girls and wish they'd shave their armpits, but I guess not. And that's the end of that's it. That's yeah, it. That's not the end time. of the world. It yeah, isn't. sure. It it's, really is. You can deal with that. Totally. You can sure. You can, that's a, that's that's a workaround. Yeah, yeah, fucking a year. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I I I really would like to go back to Santa Cruz. I haven't been back since uh, since graduating and. And I just can't think of a good excuse. And like I always think about like, well, when I'm up there, what what would I do? Like if I was up there for a long weekend. Well, you'd bring your letterman's jacket. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because you lettered in uh, football. Yurt sex. Yurt sex. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you uh, – the difference between just, you know, passing yurt sex and lettering in yurt sex is if you find some way to knock over the yurt. Oh, OK. Sure. <laughs> So sure. that's the you would think that that's when you make the dean's list. That's weird. You would think that yurt maintenance would be just the baseline for lettering, but no. I guess actually the you excel by knocking over the yurt, and that's so subversive, right there. Totally, that's so <laughs> subversive. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I want to see now that medical marijuana is legal. I want to see a Santa Cruz medical marijuana clinic. Sure. Although I can't, <laughs> I can't m- imagine it being any. You know, more advanced, super stonery than the LA ones, which Ten to are one. There's no armed guard. Okay, sure, yeah, <laughs> but maybe, or maybe there's be... a guy with a rain stick yeah. doing some capoeira. Yeah, who will just give you really bad vibes if you try to rip the place off. <laughs> sure, Not maybe. okay, man. It'll make you feel real bad. Mellow, harsh, man. <laughs> it may Not be because cool. I live on the east side of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but all of the medical marijuana dispensaries near where I live. Have a real Cypress Hill vibe. So, yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a genre yeah. of medical marijuana. Yeah, right, exactly the kind of like cholo vibe. Um, yeah, I mean the the place that I go, you know, I'm saying that in Santa Cruz you get a real white medical marijuana experience. Exactly, they give you medical marijuana and then a nice shrimp scampi. Uh-huh. There are a couple genres though. You're absolutely right. There is like the place that is kind of cholo. There's the place that kind of wants to remember when even medicinal marijuana was illegal. So yeah. like you gotta open up a little doorway, a little like view hole in the door and have a code word and stuff like that. And then there's the place that want to look like any other pharmacy where there's an enormous guy with a Glock in the front, you know, and, <laughs> right. they're, and and there's so like this is just a right aid, but here's this right. guy who's trained to kill uh, you. This is uh, this is this is uh, admittedly a little bit from my from my stand up comedy routine, but the lady at the place I go to, uh, as you're leaving, always make sure to go, hey I hope you feel better. 
Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> just, I love that's the other great thing is how everyone is keeping the artifice afloat of the, medical marijuana. <laughs> right. Yeah. I hope your quote unquote back pain or whatever horse shit you told a doctor is gonna clear up soon. <laughs> sure. Fit Good luck with that guy. anxiety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but the place I've been to a couple times in San Francisco is 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 a weird outlier that I have never seen before. It's like the gastropub version of the medical marijuana place. Like all the guys have little bow ties and really? like fucking handlebar mustaches. It's called the Apothecaria, and it's got all these like chandeliers, and it's like the you know, it's like the boutique marijuana place. You know, when I was in, in it's like it's like if they had a burger, it would be fifteen dollars and have truffle oil on it. Like it's that kind of place. I was in Berkeley for the first time in ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety nine, and I I just bought a pot cookie in front of Amoeba. (laughs) I really did. Like there was a guy with a stand said pot cookies. I'm like, you're selling pot cookies? Yes, I am selling pot cookies. Do I need? They also had a they also had a used section. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, Great stuff though. Dollar bin found a lot of out of print pot cookies, and um, (laughs) I uh, so I bought the the pot cookie. It's like colored. Colored. I was going to try and make a colored vinyl joke, but there's nothing that there's no one to one. There's no corollary there now. Um, we'll cut that part. Yeah. The um, but yeah. So I, I had this this cookie and then went into Amoeba and I think I spent like forty fifty bucks or something. Oh just like, yeah. Just everything looked amazing. <laughs> you know, and it's like moments like that where you walk in, you're like, oh so yeah, you why don't I own more Roxy music? <laughs> And on the way home, you ate eight CDs. You spent $40 in Amoeba? You must have bought two or three CDs. (laughs) Well, this is 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 40 1998 records, though. This is is a while ago, but yeah. um, More than that, you're right. No, it might have been close to it, because I I left with a bunch of shit. And I remember, like, later that day... It was all Brian Ferry related. probably all Brian Ferry related, if I had to guess. He's a handsome man. He looks good when you're high. He (laughs) looks amazing when you're high. Great dresser. (laughs) We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Co. It's Jordan Jesse (laughs) I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Suite. Jordan Morris, boy detective... Oh, John Ross Bowie, you have to introduce yourself. Um, uh, John Ross Bowie, uh, uh, sommelier. Uh, John Ross Bowie, by the way, <laughs> good, good nickname. Uh, beloved uh, sketch comedy and improvised mm-hmm. comedy actor, now a television star. Yeah. I would say you're probably the, the top, your top-lining uh, smash hit TV show, probably. I don't know sure. what show business is. I am not top lighting it. I appear on it occasionally. I'll take television person of note. Oh. I will I will knock you down from star and I will <laughs> I will take person of note. Sure. You are you are notable enough on television to where weird conservative guys will bait you on Twitter. That is correct. That is correct. Is I, that true? I, I am at a I am just famous enough to attract uh and just mouthy enough. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I'm pretty right wing compared to the rest of Ithaca. <laughs> um but I yeah, I'm I, I do I, You don't think a dog should be able to be president. I don't. I really draw I draw <laughs> some lines. They think it should be able to as long as it's wearing a bandana. I'm actually I'm actually going to stop at gay marriage and I don't think we need to go from there to bestiality. <laughs> And um, the uh, the John, we yeah. should we should explain. You're on a very popular television program from time to time when you're on it. That is correct. Yes, uh, it is the Big Bang Theory program. That correct? is correct. Um, and so this is a show. The Big Bang Theory program, <laughs> Nana. Thank you. Yes, that's correct. Uh, the thing about this show is that it is one of the only shows left that lots of people watch. It is kind of the le- it, it is kind of the last like 
big unifier in that way. Yeah. As far as comedy goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what that means, uh, the second tier of that meaning is that weird randos watch it. Yeah. Weird randos watch it. Like I'm sure people from Archer don't get a lot of people upset (laughs) with that. (laughs) Oh, Archer. So it's so funny you mentioned Archer. I was binge watching Archer last weekend. I was going through the first season. It's so good. As good as it gets. Uh, The, um, yeah, well, no, I think there's two things going on. I think what happens is something awful happens in the news. Somebody gets on Twitter, starts looking for the hashtag guns, then finds the person with the most amount of followers who's tweeting about guns. That's me. And then picks a fight. Mm. And um, and is it purely was purely a coincidence that you were tweeting about guns? You were just describing some guns. You I was just talking about. I was just talking about my guns, my arms. Right. I was talking about oh, my right, biceps. Sir. Yeah, it wasn't even political. Um, you were talking about a dentist visit you had, and you accidentally missed. The N is right next to the M. Yeah, the N is right next to the M. So yeah, I'm I bleeding do. from the mouth. Hashtag guns. Yeah. Oh shit! I meant now, to put gums. <laughs> now it sounds like I've shot myself. <laughs> We've had a lot of problems on the Bullseye Twitter account recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that very issue. People not knowing the difference oh. between an at sign and a hashtag mm-hmm. uh, or pound sign, mm-hmm. um, number sign. And uh, so they will write something about uh, gun rights and then they will write at bullets at Bullseye. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so you're just sitting there, and you're just you're literally caught in the crossfire of this yes, debate. I am. Yes, I literally caught in the crossfire. That is amazing. But I mean, then you can you know just direct that angry NRA guy to your interview with Amy Mann, which I'm sure he would really enjoy. Sure. Yeah. No, sure. He, he did get a kick out of that. He thought that she was. He was surprised at how revealing she was. Sure. Yeah. I mean, NRA guys are really into like kind of. Alternative folk rock. Massive overlap between NRA fans and Magnolia fans. <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> right. think, but there's a huge that Venn diagram just nudges up against each other. Absolutely. So, what kind of wait, now? What kind of people are getting upset with you? Just just randos? Um, troglodytes? Speak- no, that's not fair. Honestly, I um, uh, <laughs> a lot of people who are. Um, uh, we're headed. We're swimming into thorny, thorny waters here. He said, mixing his metaphors. The um, uh, a lot of. But people... I mean, to be fair, if a, if if a a body of water is thorny, like that is pretty. You're fun in deep shit, right? You're yeah. really in trouble, right? Especially so... if it's salt water, because that's you're oh, in yeah. a world of pain. Exactly. So I think that's actually rather poetic. Like, I stand. I stand by swimming into thorny waters. Yeah. I think I've I've got a nice little Turner phrase there. You know what? I think you should use that for a rock lyric that a critic for Rolling Stone will really enjoy. I mm. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, take that, David Frick. The um, the the thing that I get uh, a lot of flack about. I I am a. I am a 13-year member of a union, and I'm very proud to be a union. I think unions are important, and a lot of people get very mad at me about that. You're a teamster, correct? I'm a teamster. They will look at me. Yeah. Um, I'm a, a teamster and an and an IATSE now. I'm uh, no, I'm 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 <laughs> proud SAG-AFTRA. 13 years, and then before that, I was in the I was in the teachers union. I was in the United Federation of Teachers for one year, and uh, I I'm... almost qualified for the retail union when I worked at Macy's, mm-hmm. but then I quit. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. They've got a they're a union shop too, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I defend unions a lot. I, I I don't have a problem with guns in toto, but I think there are some guns that civilians don't need. I get a lot of static for that. You think there are some guns that only union members should be allowed? I, 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 ideally, <laughs> um, the uh, and these I, are anti Pinkerton guns. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I, I'm scared of Pinkertons, and I I, I wish they would be uh, finally once and for all uh, made illegal. Um, and I um you know the standard things. 
I'm a standard issue Hollywood liberal. I, I, I listen. What here's here's the story of me. Let's hear it. I grew up in New York City in the seventies. Uh huh. Here's what happened. Yeah. My parents got divorced, and then David Berkowitz and just dropped you off at Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. But then David Berkowitz started going crazy and shooting people up in the Son of Sam murders. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy with a shotgun running around New York, killing random people. Terrifying when you're six or seven years old. I saw the movie Summer of Sam. I so know you get the basic idea. And then my mom needed a job, and her gay friend Andy and his boyfriend Larry got her a job. So at a very early age, I go, okay, guns are really scary. Gays aren't. Boom. That's, that's, <laughs> gays will employ you. Gays will employ you. Guns will kill you. That's yeah. case closed. That is my ep- political epiphany in a nutshell. And uh, and everything kind of just comes off from there. And there's people who have a different vision for this country, he said, as diplomatically as he possibly could. Can I tell you something about diplomacy? <laughs> I signed a- Can I tell you something about diplomacy? Diplodocus. <laughs> it was the longest, longest dinosaur. dinosaur. <laughs> Continue. I um, I signed a new uh, contract for my public radio program mm-hmm. with a new public radio distributor. Okay. And uh, as you listen to this, it will probably be public what that distributor is uh, because I think it is planned that it will be announced the day that we put this out. However, I don't – I'm – they're really, really keen to keep it private. Okay. So I shan't say what the new distributor is. Fair enough. However, I will say that one of the conditions of my signing this new contract – You're making it sound like it's the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cosa Nostra. <laughs> right. It is actually a contract on a man's life. Wow. Yeah. So they will distribute your public radio show as long as you take out the guy who's muscling in uh, on their heroin turf. Yeah. Well, this guy just wasn't – no, it's not a heroin thing. This guy just wasn't paying his protection, his protection money. Gotcha. Oh, sure. Oh, so this is like a really classic mafia. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is a – this is a – I, the guy that I'm supposed to kill mm-hmm. is a first-generation Jewish immigrant who's a, <laughs> who's a greengrocer. Oh, okay. That's kind of – I see. I find this all rather quaint. <laughs> no, I um, – Just look I, out for that Elliot Ness. I am now officially required – to abide by a code of ethics, mm. uh, a journalist's code of ethics. So oh, when I was with Public Radio International, mm. uh, their standard policy was that I was an entertainer and mm. for that reason could basically do anything I wanted. Right. As long as Scott Joplin's The Entertainer was playing in the back. Yeah. Now, because uh, my the new <clears throat> distributor is uh, considers itself to be and, and is uh, one of the great news organizations. It's Al Jazeera. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It is Al Jazeera. You and and Current, I guess, now, huh? It's 60 Minutes (laughs) 2. Sad. Sad. 60 Minutes 2 just makes me sad. Go ahead. I didn't know there was 60 Minutes 2. You didn't? No. uh -uh. What happens on it? Charlie Rose. Wow, okay. It's mostly Charlie Rose. Yeah. I saw Charlie Rose on... I downloaded... I'm going to get back to my public radio distribution situation in a second. But I, I downloaded a... I downloaded an interview with David Letterman from the CBS Morning Show, and it was conducted by Charlie Rose, okay. who I guess is just the, their go-to. They're interview Barbara guy. Walters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie Rose did a very good job mm-hmm. in his own special way. Um, but what was truly amazing was watching Charlie Rose be on a morning show because Charlie Rose is just not prepared to engage in levity. No, he's mm. not. Especially not first thing in the morning. He's in a black room all the time. That's how I see him. And yes, I, if sure. he's backlit at all, I'd be really freaked out by that. Well, let me tell you, don't watch 60 Minutes too. Yeah. Um, but I will say he's 
probably drunk all the time. Oh, yeah. I can't say mm. that for sure. I've never met the man. And or, you but, certainly can't say that on your new NPR show no, because that's not what new. I, what, I haven't disclosed what my new distributor is. Sure, of course not. Um, but uh, I, I was astonished to watch Charlie Rose make morning show banter with his co-hosts. It was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Did they all have big life. glasses of Chardonnay in front of them? It was not quite that. Mm. <laughs> but he doesn't look like the sort of person who would be into that sort of like light ease you into the morning kind of chit chat. Not at all. Not Terrifying. in the slightest. Okay, so back to my thing. I am now obliged to uh, live my life by a journalistic code of mm. ethics that includes doing nothing that would appear to compromise my uh, journalistic integrity. Wait a second. Can you donate to political campaigns? Nope. Wow. Yeah, that's that's what got uh, Olbermann fired. Yeah. I can't do anything. I no longer have a... But you can wear a pink polo shirt, right? Guys, ask me about about a hot-button political issue. Do you you think there was a cover-up in Benghazi? You know what? I'm interested in finding out the truth. Amazing. I think there's two sides to every story. Wow. Ask me about a very controversial topic. Uh, Fuck you, Benghazi wasn't? I I think I'm doing my job here, man. Ask me about one (laughs) that that most people agree on, though. Oh, I see. Uh, so, uh, so Jesse, uh, do do you think that um, that uh, people who are cruel to animals mm. should be um, should be punished in some way? You know what? I I don't believe in issue advocacy myself. I'm looking for the truth as a journalist. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like you like 20% less right now, I have to say. This is uncanny. Isn't that weird? That is really weird. And this is my old this is my life now. Do you but do you have to do you have to exercise that kind of diplomacy on this show? Everywhere. Wow. Everywhere in my life. That's the thing is that the whole political campaign thing cuz Oberman obviously didn't get on the air and say, "Oh, I've given to this person." Sure. But that sort of stuff is public record. And so that's what got him fired off of MSNBC. So if he does something here, it can reflect on the other show. That's bananas. And Olbermann was a commentator, which I am not. Interesting. So it's Olbermann's Mm. job to have opinions on the issues in public. In my case, I I am something like a reporter because of my interviews with Amy Mann. Sure. And so, uh, yeah. So I have no political opinions. Let me me make something very, very clear. Yeah. Amy Mann knows more about Benghazi than she's letting on. (laughs) (laughs) And she can do her cute little, oh, Sharpling directs my videos. Don't ask me. She's hiding something. Now, does that extend to Twitter? Yeah. Wow. It extends, it extends all, everywhere. No, he's not So are you, gonna, are, are you going to do a little purge of controversial opinions? I don't think I'm going to purge historical controversial opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've shared I, – I generally don't talk about my politics in public. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think people could infer some portion of my politics sure. from my past behavior. You know, uh, my, my past hearty endorsement of – San Francisco values, for example, <laughs> as a native San Franciscan. Um, did you grow up in, in San Francisco? I did grow up in San Francisco. Oh, cool. Um, but I, oh, no, I, I no longer share those. I'm all about uh, fair hearing for everyone. Hmm. And I'm going to try and find a conservative artist or entertainer so that I can interview them on my show. Oh, wow. So that one Zucker brother then. <laughs> yeah, really. Say hi to Adam Baldwin, man. You're going to make a time. Oh, yeah. Stephen Baldwin? Uh, oh, Stephen. Well, actually, Adam, what? who is not a Baldwin, is super conservative. Oh, Adam Baldwin. Oh, right. Adam Baldwin From of Firefly. Chuck and Firefly. And, yeah. Okay. He's, he's, he's there you go. rather extensively right wing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Vocal on Twitter about it, too. Wow. Yeah. Chuck Woolery. 
Chuck Woolery, yes, famously. Um, and Chuck Woolery will also do amazing things like he'll accidentally tweet a tweet at himself. He has that <laughs> that potent combination of being really quite old and new to Twitter, and he will occasionally be like, at Chuck Woolery, where, question mark, and just leave it there. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you plan on talking to John Voight about? <laughs> His strained relationship with Angelina Jolie? Sure, and deliverance. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I would probably focus more on Varsity Blue. Bold choice. Starring Bold choice. James Vanderbilt. Yeah, no, you're. No, I get it. It's a deep cut, but okay. Sure, sure. Do you guys think and that John on Floyd. on uh, on sixty minutes two, Andy Rooney segment is called Andy Rooney After Dark? <laughs> like it's sexier. Isn't Andy Rooney dead? He is dead. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Okay. Like, like you know, <laughs> that you is mean your point? after the darkness that comes with that. <laughs> right. After, like he but comes... hasn't he gone into the light? Are you? No, suggesting... not Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney's in hell. <laughs> Andy Rooney's in hell. I <laughs> yeah, like. Right. Are you? He doesn't get Venetian blinds. No, Andy Rooney's. But Andy Rooney's hell is filled with. Well, there's frankly a lot of Twitter. Yeah. And uh, um, minor m- modern technological changes. I imagine I think is what Andy Rooney's hell push is button phones, of. Twitter. Yeah, sure. And fuck cell phones. Like, push-button phones were too much for him. That's just he crossed a line there. And Satan. no one buys nice stationery anymore. No, they certainly no don't. No one spends money on nice stationery. Satan, whatever happened to pencils? <laughs> <laughs> um, they make him type all his correspondence. Of course. I should now. hope so. Man, I um, he was hard to watch. And he, like, he just died recently. He died, like, in the past... 12 months, 18 months? Well, the thing about – I think the thing that made him that made him difficult to watch is that his great gift was to be to, – was to take the tone of an everyman. But as his demographic represented less and less of the American Less and less of the living American populace. <laughs> Because the thing about about uh, Andy Rooney, the first time we were sort of like red flag was uh, me anyway was when Andy Rooney came on the week after Kurt Cobain killed himself and said, "Well, I've never heard of this guy." Like, <laughs> oh, Andy, that's not great. You're kind of in news, and I mean, I know you're not a spring chicken, but we thought, well, you know, listen, he's wrapping it up soon, so let the baby have his bottle. Sixteen years later, he was still on the air, <laughs> hanging in there. Sixteen years after Kurt Cobain was dead, Andy Rooney was alive. Does anyone remember how elegant blimp travel was? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss a dirigible. Why should one? <laughs> they let you smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, he uh, he was fascinating. But yeah, he hung on to the bitter end. And he didn't really retire, did he? He like did a 60 Minutes and then died on a Tuesday or something. I right? think that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, it was, he was speaking. right, like hung on there. What's... What's the story with IVs? <laughs> what does this obsolescence word mean? What's yeah. the deal with right arms? Why can you never feel them? <laughs> um, on the t- can you ever I notice how someone's always sitting on your chest and there's no one there? <laughs> what, what's this sinister voice always calling your name? Oh, that's the devil. And you ready? Um, I almost did a legitimate spit take in your lovely recording studio. Um, can I can I bring up something on the topic of folksiness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw something delightfully folksy the other day that I'm I I still kind of go back to when I need a little burst of delight in my day. Was it a man wearing overalls but not a shirt? Because I saw that earlier today. <laughs> did you? Yeah. You, but you went to, you went to sneakers. see you went to see an afternoon uh, performance from Dexy's Midnight Runners at the racetrack, right? <laughs> You went to, to entirely uh, your fault. They're underrated. And sure. oddly enough, they were doing Lil' 
Abner, so it made yeah. perfect sense that they were shirtless, and <laughs> even if they're wrong. not usually in shirtless, and nothing wrong with a down under soul rendition, ska and rock influences sure. of uh, Lil Abner. Um, the folksy thing I saw was I was in Griffith Park the other day, and I saw two boys who appeared to be brothers. Maybe maybe six and eight. When you say brothers, you mean African Americans? <laughs> yes, two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't say with certainty. Brothers. You can't say with certainty whether or not they were African American. Well, I'm just so tolerant. John. Okay, I'm right. just you don't see, so you don't see the world tolerant. that way. I'm so I don't know uh, if you're a man it's or a woman. Like being in Ithaca right now. <laughs> Step into my yurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no! Oh, Jordan <laughs> fucked me to death in his yeah, yurt. Yeah, I'm getting my masters. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, so two two young boys, maybe five and eight, six and eight, uh, and they were doing that thing where they had a shoebox propped up on a stick. Mm-hmm. The stick was attached to a string. Right. Some food was under the box, and they were trying to yank out the stick when a squirrel went under the box. Wow. And then they were trying to get the local kids to help them whitewash a fence. Right. And then they had a fucking bullfrog jumping contest. <laughs> what the this fuck? This blew my mind. And, and then, then they found themselves in King Arthur's court. <laughs> that is that is right. remarkably down home and folksy for Griffith so Park. It was so folksy. And, they, and then the, the really adorable thing was they sat there and clearly lost patience with it. And then the smaller boy just picked up the shoebox and was throwing it at squirrels. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it really I'm like, where did they learn how to do this? Like, I mean what That's the larger question. Yeah, yeah. what modeled this behavior? Whittling camp? Yeah, right. Like are they are so, do they have some sort of weird Luddite parents who only give them like toy soldiers and you know uh, tricycles or something like that. And the only game they know is Mumbledy Peg. Right, exactly. Like has has that thing gone so far to where people like but no i mean they they just were dressed normal like they weren't wearing you know pantaloons and jaunty caps or anything like they were just dressed like they two. were at least chewing on straw oh of course okay. i can relate i would they weren't drinking out of a jug <laughs> i would like i would like to raise my child as a jug drinker yeah and i'll tell you why it's because every contemporary toy yeah is a fucking nightmare if you're the parent that of the child in, that owns it that is it. gospel sure. fucking truth right what? there when did America decide – who are the parents going to Toys R Us, looking at the things and finding that button that makes it make a horrible nightmare sound and picking it? And also, who are, the, who are the parents who went and said, you know, this bike is fine. Why doesn't it need batteries for a little display of princess castles that goes around the, the steering wheel? There's all sorts of dumb shit now. My my kid has a monkey. My, my boy, my three-year-old has a monkey that – um, my wife got for him at an airport. Uh, she was coming home. It was one of those things like, oh, Christ, I've, I've, been, I've been out of town. I forgot to get something for the kid. Grab something in an airport. The little monkey says Atlanta on its chest. You squeeze <laughs> the monkey's hand. Well, no. Hang on. She brings it home. All's well and good. Gives it to him. He thinks it's really cute. We go in there to check on him as he's asleep that night. She goes over to kind of adjust the monkey because he's kind of like on top of the kid's face. <laughs> it's, at this time, is the first time anybody touches the monkey's hand. Mm. When you touch the monkey's hand, it gives off a cackle like, 
<laughs> it sounds like that. Wow. Wakes up the boy, wakes up the girl, his sister, who he shares a room with. In Ted Turner's voice says, welcome to Atlanta. I guess <laughs> that would be only slightly more terrifying than what we heard. So this horrible, high-pitched monkey cry that sounds like it's from some fucking Dario Argento Italian horror film. Just some barking out of this machine. And we're like, what the fuck? And I'm in the other room. And I'm like, what is happening here? And my son is crying. And it's this horrible, and it's this delightful rainbow-colored monkey. But it gives off this ghastly sound. I don't know why that happens. Yeah. Why do they build that in? I guess just someone looks at two monkeys next to each other. One has the nightmare cackle built into it. One doesn't. And and just some part, some 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 lizard brain wants the one that has one more thing. Yeah, there is something like, oh, that has extra stuff. It's yeah. terrifying. It's extra terror, and I'm supposed to give this to my child, but I want the stuff with extra yeah, stuff. I don't remember having sound toys when I was a kid, but no. yeah, it seems like every toy now does have an like a a bank of sound effects. And yeah. they also uh, uh, all of these toys have theoretically educational sound effects. <laughs> and I can assure you, my son is learning nothing from these. No, sounds. nothing, not a thing. <laughs> nothing at all. And also. I, this is sort of a related note about child rearing and child contemporary mm-hmm. child development. Let's get into it, man. When we talk about educational priorities, mm-hmm. I live in an urban environment. Yes, do I. I don't think it's that important that my son knows the sound that all the barn animals <laughs> make. No, I agree. But that is clearly the top priority yeah. that America is pushing on my child above reading and writing – Above walking, above recognizing danger foods. Oh, I had a speak and spell. That was the noisiest thing that I had. Mm. I just, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, but you're right, though, because there is no need. My child is not going to come across anything that moves. What is big farm animal? Why are they trying to teach us these sounds, teach our children these sounds? And it's not big agriculture. It's big farm animal because big agriculture is just <laughs> interested in killing the animal. Yeah. So that's two different entities going on there. Yeah, sure. it's very, it's a very strange, strange conspiracy. The other, there's a, there's a play school version of the um, the gun that Javier Bardem uses in No Country for Old Men. <laughs> so a kid can pretend to slaughter his own cows. I should hope. Yeah. The um yeah, there's all sorts of weird little priorities and there's not enough shit that they could really use. There's not enough um just basic counting games, but everyone's got to we apparently have sure. to know that a duck says quack and I've never actually heard a duck make a sound. I'm in yeah. my 40s now. I've never actually <laughs> heard a duck make a sound. And the one time I have, it didn't really sound like a quack. So that's not even that accurate. Yeah, it seems to be – it's a really weird shifted priority. The thing yeah. I was going to say about what you were talking about with the quaint kids yeah. um, down and there and scrapping, uh, trapping squirrels, there's no – like when we were growing up – and I, I know there's, there's mm. a bit of a gulf between the, the three of us. Mm. But we're around the same – we could watch a lot a of the A literal same. gulf because you're taping in the Dominican Republic right now. Yeah. And the – it's lovely here by the way. And the um, – uh, For tax reasons. Um, I, it's a shelter. I, I've, I've Gerard Depardieu the United States, and I'm, I'm, I don't want him coming after my sizable income, Uncle Sam. The um, we could watch the same television that our parents watched. Mm-hmm. Like I had ready access to the Andy Griffith Show, sure. and I had ready access to um, I Love Your Lucy. Parents just sat around watching the Andy Griffith Show. Apparently, are you 65 years old? Well, no, I'm not, but I can be 41, and I and my parents can have been at the age where they were watching the Andy Griffith. Yeah. Show and I watched were... a lot of I Love Lucy and that old Batman, that yeah. old 60s Batman. 60s Batman was on all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm, – that's not my age. That was not on the air for the 
sure. first time when I was when I was growing up. But the reruns were, and the rerun as we know it is virtually obsolete because there's tons of other shit to watch. Right. And I am I am of the we only had four channels generation, which I realize dates me horribly, but it would not be crazy for me to have picked up on some like Mayberry frog trapping right. tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm really baffled where these this five year old and eight year old yeah. kid in contemporary Los Angeles figured out how to trap a frog. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean it, it had to have been like an instruction from a dad or a grandpa or so something. Weird. Here's the thing. My concern or a mom. about moms this. can trap squirrels too. Absolutely. I'm sorry I gendered that. My concern about this is they will trap a squirrel. Yeah, and it'll yeah well, that's the larger them. issue. Yeah, <laughs> the larger issue, and that he will totally rabies the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh, potentially bubonic plague the shit out of him. Is that a thing? Squirrels oh, yeah. from squirrels? Ch- chippermunks for sure. Really? Ah, uh, yeah. They carry the plague. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's like the number one thing that huh. carries the plague is a chippermunk. Huh. If you're fucking with me, you're so committed. I don't even care. <laughs> a thousand percent true. All right. All right. Yeah. I did th- I did this as a kid, but I had a paper bag and put some food in the paper bag. And when the squirrel would go in, I would try and grab the bag shut. And it happened. It I, I it succeeded exactly one time. Would have scared the shit. And out it of was me. the most terrifying thing ever. The squirrel went fucking nuts, and I never did it again. We had to put a mouse trap out in my a glue mouse trap out oh, in my um uh in my apartment when I was growing up. Yeah. And both my mom and I are terrified of rodents. Mm-hmm. And so we put this glue trap out with the uh, idea that it would be more humane, even though we're just going to throw the glue trap out and the mouse is going to die eventually. Yeah. He just won't die. It won't be decapitated in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. But we, we hear this horrible scraping one, one night and we both get up. It's post-divorce. My dad doesn't live there anymore. Wander out to live in front of the light. And the mouse has got just its hind leg stuck on the glue trap and is crawling across the floor, oh, no. dragging the glue trap. Oh, Worst thing God. ever. Had to put that into a bag and take it downstairs while the bag was kicking. Just horrible. <sighs> horrible. Scarred for oh. life. Blah. How do we get there? Oh, the chipmunk, right? Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, it didn't look like these kids were going to catch these squirrels. Um, they just, but yeah, they look stupid to you, huh? The kids just look stupid. Oh no, they looked great. I, I, I thought it was delightful. I don't mean to, I don't mean to put down the kids or squirrel trapping in general. It was easily the best part of my day. That so, day. listen, six-year-old and eight-year-old kid who's probably listening to Jordan and Jesse go. We mean no offense. No. Okay. What you were doing was very cool. Yeah, good for you. Super cool. Hey, did I tell you that you remember our 10-year-old fan? Mm-hmm. Did I tell you that he sent me an email after I mentioned him on the show the other day? Oh, that's great. Uh, he's now 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, been on, we've been doing the show a long time. I guess so. Uh, still a big People fan. People have been able to watch us grow up. Still a big fan. Oh, great. Moved to Los Angeles recently. I invited him to stop by sometime. Oh, terrific. Yeah. How do you like that? It's me. 15-year-old. <laughs> it's actually me. Oh, Lil John Bowie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I just poked my cheeks as if this is a visual medium. And really for some works. reason, his uh, beanie with the propeller, the propeller started spinning around. <laughs> I would like to teach my child to do old-timey things. Yeah. I have no skills or patience. The best I could do would be to teach him to watch M.A.S.H. 
The that's noble. <laughs> like the, I think that's noble. We took to teach, a, yeah, teach him how to enjoy a slower sitcom. Yeah, this, yeah a slower and, and maudlin sitcom. <laughs> when sitcoms used to be really melancholy, sitcoms yeah. used to be really like seventy sitcoms are like are dark as hell sure. and like there's a, there's an yeah, all in the family social issues. Oh, there's an all in the family where this Israeli uh, politician gets blown up across the street from Archie Bunker. Look it up. Oh, I'm not no. making it up at all. Gregory Sierra was the actor. Really weird. <laughs> really weird shit. Um, we did a thing the other night where I just had to turn the TV off, and, and we went into uh, the, the kids' share a room. They're, they're five and three, and, and I just turned a flashlight on, and we made uh, shadow puppets on the wall. Got to say that killed an hour. An hour? An hour. Ooh, what kind of animal are we talking about? Well, I make a killer dog. Mm. A killer I make a, dog? I make, a, I make a really good dog. <laughs> here, here, you, make a, you make a Cujo. Look at that. Look at that. I, make a, I make a great looking ah! dog. Killer dog! Right? And that's pretty good. There's, a, sure. there's, a, there's one light bulb in the room here, so it casts an that imposing was nice. shadow. Yeah. Um, and it, it, apparently, if you're five, this is like Stairway to Heaven. This is the most amazing <laughs> thing ever. This just blows your, your mind. Your kids were shrooming at the time. Though, oh, right? they were shrooming and super hard. Had, Triple balls. You had synced it up to... I put on Dark Side. Dark side. Yeah. I put on Dark Side just as I started doing it. But then, I did a th- then they discovered that the closer you get to the light source, the bigger your shadow gets. Mm. And if you're like two and a half feet tall... Your whole life is about being bigger. So, like, Walter, my, my, my three-year-old, just got up and he was like, giant baby. So he started saying, giant baby. And it was <laughs> awesome. It was really awesome. They are, you know, they are. That's so it, funny. Uh, I, that's so funny that the, the three-year-old was okay being called a baby. I know, right? Yeah. I usually think of, like, because I, I, something that I think is funny that amuses me to no end is when you call, like, a toddler a baby. I'm like, hey, look at that baby. You know, for yeah. some reason, I just think that's funny. But then the toddler or the parent always gets a little bit insulted. It's like, well, no, they're a big boy. I, apparently, my son can do bits. Oh, wow. That's apparently great. Apparently, my son can do bits. Hey. I don't know. I don't tell you. Listen, you I mean, be... Giant Baby's a solid bit. Giant Baby's a solid bit. Giant yeah. Baby is probably a season worth I mean, of we can, TV. I mean, we, <laughs> we can all pitch on Giant Baby. <laughs> we can every pitch. I'd love to Give punch up to Giant Will Baby. Will Sasso. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> Will Sasso. <laughs> he will, oh shit! He will blow oh, that thing up. That is yeah. just the guy. I'm going through like the Mad TV cast in my head to see if I could find anybody better, and I cannot. No, that's the man. For <laughs> Giant it's the guy Baby. for Giant Baby, isn't it? You know, I mean, you could talk about. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of different. Mad TV cast members that could probably handle my son's bit where he puts something on top of his head and that's not a hat, and then he says, "Hat." Yeah, no. but I mean, you I mean know, I'm thinking Bobby Lee just off the top of my sure. head. Sure, I mean, I'd like to, well, you know, again, you're that. you're limiting it though. I'd like to see Nicole Sullivan's take on it. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Again, the, um, you're gendering. Uh, you're sure. gendering I'm the shit out of that. Be, it's I'm not sorry okay. To gender. It is not okay, Santa Cruz. You're gendering my son. Also, <laughs> there is a lot to be said. <laughs> sorry for, but you called him a son. <laughs> But that's his right. Oh, okay. He, when can, I say, he can use that word. When I call yeah. him a son, it's S-U-N. Oh, right. It's because he's the light of my life. <laughs> Ew. Can there I it... ask you a question? This is an important gendering question. Sure. For gendering children. And as a prospective father, Jordan, mm-hmm. I know that you're having a lot of unprotected sex. I, yeah, <laughs> sure. You're doing a lot of raw dogging these days? <laughs> I, I just, I'm fingers crossed every time. Right. Let, let this be the one. Let this be the stranger I knock up. <laughs> yes. And let this be the round of casual sex that turns into something more. So uh, a, a, a family friend mm-hmm. has a charming young son of three. Okay. Uh, maybe he's four now, three yeah. or four, and uh, he is a big fan of the television program Dora the Explorer. Okay, you guys know this show. Sure, it is it Explorer it. or Explora? 
Dorer the Explorer. Dorer the Explorer. It gets off on a bad foot because it does ask your child to mispronounce Explorer. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Maybe. I I would say that it's hosted by a Boston Brahmin. I was going (laughs) Who puts the the R at the end of Dora? Sure. Dora. Dora the Explorer. Great. Perfect. Um, So uh, he's a big fan of Dora the Explorer. Mm Mm-hmm. Was at the Target or what have you, mm-hmm. purchasing underpants. Sure. Saw the Spider-Man underpants, the Batman underpants, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, Well, you're, et cetera. you're getting the story. Thir- you don't go on. Yeah. No, I wasn't Okay, there. you don't go. That wasn't there. Yeah. The kid wants Dora the Explorer underpants. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and again, I have no opinion on this or other controversial issues. So they bought him Dora the Explorer's panties. Hmm. Little girl panties. Okay. Which he wears. I see. To school and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. How old is he? He's three or four. Okay. Three and a half. We're going to say this. I'm going to compromise with three and a half. Okay. Sweet <clears throat> kid. Great kid. Loves Dora the Explorer. Hmm. There are no Dora the Explorer. Boy underpants. Boy underpants. Right. An additional consideration, boy underpants and girl underpants are different. Yeah. Although they're not as different for a sure. three and a half year old. Right. Because they have a small dick and balls. Sure, sure. <laughs> they don't need a dick and ball area no. they as ha- much. They have one, but they rarely have ever used it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's that's a tough one. Yeah. I, rem- I mean, I remember as a kid, I was very into He-Man's girl analog, She-Ra. She-Ra, sure. And I had a lot of She-Ra stuff that bordered on girly. She had like a unicorn that she rode and mm. some kind of dress-up-y-like stuff. I mean, it was all kind of, you know... It was all still kind of action based and battley, and and I in turn made myself Wonder Woman bracelets, a la Linda Car- Linda Carter. That oh, sounds sure. like an amazing yes, and it's not. It's the truth. <laughs> Here's the thing: I am on board for all both of these things yeah. a thousand percent. Also, his if, his peer group isn't going to give him that much shit at that age, right? Yeah. If, if my son, if my son came up to me, if my son even like was at the park, was really into Barbies or whatever. I'm not that I'm not that into Barbies just on moral grounds. Sure, sure. <laughs> but um, you know, whatever a, It's not a gender issue, whatever is it? Whatever a highly yeah. gendered toy is. You can get less... him you can get him some of the HBO girls action figures yes. because they have a more reasonable body image. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my my, nude, my Lena, nude Dunham. Lena Dunham. Yeah, nude Lena Dunham. Um finally. Uh so I but if if my son wanted a gendered toy that was uh female gendered I would have no problem with that at all. I'd sure. totally be on board, even if he was old enough to get <clears throat> shit. I mean, I might have to explain to him that he might get shit for it. Yeah. Um, but I w- still would be fine with me. And then, poof, you've made a comedian. How? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, there is a difference between boy and girl underpants for, yeah. for wieners and balls. Mm-hmm. This, is, this boy does have a wiener and balls, I think. Do you hard to say it? Well, point. let's be candidly. Do do does anyone here use the little dick hole, or do you just tuck the elastic underneath your dick and balls while I urinating? I use the dick pouch. He's the dick pouch. All right. Yeah, I I wear a boxer brief. As do I. So I yeah I pull it down. I pull it down. Yeah, yeah. I pull it down too. I'm not saying that I go. That I'm t- I'm not speaking specifically necessarily about the pass through. I'm talking about the fact that the cut is. Enables to accommodate, built to accommodate a protuberance. A protusion, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. understood. Okay, yeah. Hmm. You know, you um. Well, again, 
you cross that bridge when you come to it. Right now, he's not particularly well hung, and he's got a really <laughs> right. respectable mm-hmm. peer group. So sure. I don't think I think he's in a pretty he's in kind of a nice right. little uh, yeah. safe haven right yeah, now. Yeah, I think he'll. I think I think he'll not. It seems like something a kid would want. It would grow out of at the appropriate time. Yeah, and also let me make something very clear. I would never have cast aspersions on the size of your your kid's genitals had you not brought them up first. Right. I don't want no, you to. My friend's kids. My my son is an enormous cock. Oh, great. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> my, my son's cock is like... No, mine is hung... My husband's hung like an elephant. Right, it's incredible. Right. Yeah, he looks... He looks like an elephant's trunk, right? Yes. Fucking prehensile. Yes. Yeah, no, he's... he's, he's <laughs> you, can and peel, with tusks. you can peel a banana with it. Yeah, no, my, no, he's, my, my son's dick has tusks. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, sure. I'm really, really proud of him. Sure. My son's dick is a ruminant. It has multiple <laughs> stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> can process tough foods. Yeah, no, he's 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 uh, he's he's very adaptive. He's like a hippie. He's very it's a very adaptive cock, and it can uh, it's got a, a an exoskeleton. Sure, he can he can he can kind of use it like a like a sling for when he so when he goes to the grocery store, he doesn't need a, a bag. They go paper or plastic. He goes, don't sweat it. Thunk. <laughs> brought brought my own. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Uh, going back to this nightmare monkey in your house. Mm-hmm. Yes. I learned something really wonderful from our friend Al Madrigal's great podcast, The Minivan Man. Mm. It's a dad show about dad stuff. And our friend Al Madrigal told this story about, you know, as a stand-up comedian, he's often on the road for work. Yeah. And so he's often coming home to his kids who are uh, eight and five, I'm going to say, okay. from my memory. That's seven, about, I've met seven Al. That sounds five. about right. Yeah. Yeah. Got, nice, they're both nice in elementary kids, school. Really sweet kids. And um, uh, and he said he would always bring back a toy, and it was always hard to figure out what it was and what it should be. Yeah. And then they would have this house full of crap toys yeah. that he bought in a, in in uh, in uncomfortable circumstances, like at mm-hmm. airports or on the way to airports <laughs> or in comedy clubs. Fantastic, right? Great. So a lot of shot glasses with the name of a city on them. <laughs> exactly. And one day he was at the airport, and there was nothing. So he just bought two Snickers bars. <laughs> and he brought these Snickers bars to his children. And he said it was the biggest hit of, of anything mm. he has ever brought his children Fucking home Snickers are from, delicious. A road, from the road ever in history. And so now he's like, well, from now on, I'm just going to buy them chocolate at the airport on my way out. I don't even have to buy it at the airport in the place. No, sure. yeah. F- fuck you, Minneapolis Tuke. You just will, you'll take what you'll get. You'll get your, your Snickers bar and you'll enjoy and it. And they will be – and he said it was the greatest success, like the greatest tip and trick he's ever had in his career as a father. That's fantastic. Good for him. I know. Couldn't, wouldn't it be nice if we all had more of those moments? Yeah. Where we're getting Jordan, our kids. Jordan, you would have these with Bug, your cat. Sure. I I can't give her chocolate. No, she's allergic to. But it. maybe when you ha- when you when you are... finally knock up one of these comedy groupies, sure. I think uh, I think the two of you can be uh, will be very very happy giving your your unwanted child chocolate. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> exactly. that's what you want about a kid who who is the target of all your resentment. You want to sugar them up a little bit. Yeah, right. Get yeah. them real fat. Yeah, <laughs> so be daddy's chubby problem. <laughs> As an aside, Jordan. Sure. Usually you teach improv at uh, Max FunCon. Mm-hmm. You want to teach raw dogging? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, there's not a lot to teach. It's one of those things you kind of have to do on your feet. It's it kind of a teach right. by doing situation. You could probably do some sort of like small little five person colloquium or something, some right? I should think. You right. Do it on your back. I mean, well, I mean, I guess. I mean, also, there's a materials issue. Is there a yurt available to me? <laughs> <laughs> yurt. There may. Well, there's a Zen deck. 
We can yeah. inquire if they could put up a yurt on the Zen deck. Okay. I mean, I guess I could bring yurt materials. Sure. What you, guys, you guys do it, what, I up can in Big Bear? My own. Kind of, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Lake Arrowhead. Lake Arrowhead. You can probably find, like, an Anibi. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. A longhouse, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Some sort of Native American sweat lodge that <laughs> you know, would be able to accommodate right. you and your hot fuck action. Now that you mention that, I usually do go up there for my pot latches. Mm. And I think you could find a nice totem in a longhouse. Sure. Um, for your raw dogs. <laughs> for your raw dogging. Yeah. Oh, I'll need an easel, too. Okay. Just there's some diagrams. Sure, sure. <laughs> we'll sure. be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. John Ross Bowie, sommelier. Hey, we got something up on the Jumbotron this week, Jordan. Uh, that's right, we do. It's a fantastic all-ages comic book called Pantalones, Texas. It's oh. by the uh, wonderful comic book writer Yudi Mercado. It comes out on February 26th. You can get it at pantalonestexas.com. Uh, he actually sent me an advance of this thing, and it is fantastic, really funny. Um, it's kind of all-ages in the way that Adventure Time is all-ages. Uh, it's not like... Um, you know, it's not like a Shrek where there's a joke in it that a kid wouldn't get, but it's just something really, really fun that uh, that I think a, a parent can share with a really cool kid. Oh, that's fantastic! So, Pantalones, Texas, and they're having a um, uh, they're having a book release party uh, for it during South by Southwest, uh, March 9th at Austin Books and Comics. You can find the time and more information at pantalonestexas.com. Oh, that's fantastic! Mm-hmm. Thank you uh, to Pantalones, Texas. Um, I we do have. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, by the way, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Mm-hmm. Cheap and easy. Uh, sponsor this week, BoatParty.biz. Hey, Jesse, what is BoatParty.biz? BoatParty.biz is a great website mm-hmm. with a picture of a boat and a place to type and type in your email address. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think everyone should – all right, I'm going to change this. Young people across the nation mm-hmm. are – Going to the website BoatParty.biz, looking at the great boat and typing in their email address. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It's one of the most fun websites you can visit. How does this affect your clout score? I can only presume that it will make it skyrocket. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain what a clout score is. Mm-hmm. But if you go well, to It's boat, hard to say, really. I'll, I'll give you this. This is the, what I call the BoatParty.biz promise. If you go to BoatParty.biz, you will see <clears throat> a picture of a boat. And there will be a space to enter my email? You got it. Okay. And a button to click once you've done so. Oh, all right. Good. Because otherwise it'll just sit there. There's a full, <laughs> there's a full service close the browser window at boatparty.biz. The most important website of all time. I'm sold. Great. I'm going there right now. Say no more. Fantastic. As long as everybody out there goes to boatparty.biz, we have access to the visitor logs. We can tell how many people have visited. I know how many people listen to this show. So don't fuck it up. Don't you know? not go to it. Yeah. Hey, hey, once you go to BoatParty.biz, you know what's a fun thing to do? Type in your email and click the button. You got it. It sounds really fun. Can you think of anything else you could do after you did that? Just look at the boat. Just marvel at the boat. Uh, absolutely. Can you think of anything else? Jerk it. Maybe you could do that. I mean, if you had a vivid fantasy life. 
I'm with Jordan. On yeah, this I mean, I'm a very. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not real vivid, but yeah. Let me get the let me get, let me get something clear here. I'm sitting in my computer. There's a browser window in front of me, right? Right. Yeah, jerk it. Yeah, jerk it. Yeah. You know, the di- jerk the dick. I was going to say tell a friend. Oh, oh no, that too. Sure. After. Well, that goes without saying. Whenever I'm constantly now that I've got your numbers, by the way, you'll be hearing from me because I <laughs> tell a friend whenever I'm jerking it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's otherwise it's kind You're of masturbatory. Conflating. I mean, I was suggesting people. <laughs> you wouldn't want your jerking it to be masturbatory. No, I draw a line. You, uh, I it was, gets so self-indulgent if you're not careful. I was suggesting that you could tell somebody about BoatParty.biz, but you're saying that you want to tell other people about your... My jerking it, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because A, I'm good at it, mm-hmm. and B, it's uh, it's it's a lonely craft. I mean, I think Jordan understands what I'm saying here. Sure. I, yeah, I just think it's, it's best shared. Do, would you ever... Mind you, I don't necessarily call to talk about my jerking. Sometimes I'm just going to catch up, and if you you can be like, oh, hey, John, what's going on? How are the kids? And, you know, what's going on? Have you seen any good movies lately? And you can tell from my breath... Your cadence, sure. Yeah, my yeah. cadence, what's going on, and then you'll know. But that means I've called you while I'm jerking it. <laughs> so do you call sometimes when you're not jerking it just to, just to you know, keep things ambiguous? Oh, yeah, of course, okay. certainly. And again, you'll be like, no, he's be speaking a in an even, thing. measured yeah. tone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sound like he's perspiring, Clearly, mm-hmm. he is All not jerking it. All this stuff is going to happen to you when you visit he... BoatParty.biz? What's BoatParty.biz? <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Jean Ross Bowie. I feel like I should mix it up. Don't have to. Sommelier. I, it's a good nickname. Sommelier yeah. is a good one. Yeah. You're recommending Vino. Oui. This is what I call wine. Oui. <laughs> when something momentous happens to our listeners, we ask that they call us. And 206-984-4FUN. By the way, when I was in my contract negotiations, uh, they asked for a fax number. We do not have a fax machine here at Maximum Fund World Headquarters. So you just gave them the fax number to the Russian passport place? You can send. No, you That's can where s- I go when I need to send a fax. The you king goes s- down on Wilshire? You can yeah. send faxes to our voicemail. Mm. So I, they were like, what's your fax number? And I'm like, this is going to be weird. But it's two zero six nine eight four four fun. You didn't. Did you didn't figure know, out the. Couldn't remember yeah. what the letters were, so I literally told them two zero six nine eight four four fun. But we ask that people give us a call when something momentous happens, or moments of shame, or if they just want some straight talk for teens, sure, or if they just want to get something off their chests. Admit to a murder. <laughs> that would yeah. probably be a moment of shame. <laughs> sure, it depends on who they life. killed. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they killed someone who really had it coming, like, Baby I don't Hitler know, a Jewish, yeah, yeah, or a Jewish immigrant for the uh-huh. uh, first-generation uh, yeah. Jewish immigrant greengrocer. Who, who hasn't placed protection, protection? Money? Yeah, something really noble like that. Gotcha. Let's, let's take a listen to the first call. We'll find out. This is Ryan from California. I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. Um, I am a very tall African-American man, and um, usually I get stopped on the street by people asking, Wow, you're so tall. Do you play basketball? And usually they're disappointed when I tell them, no, I'm actually just an art student. And then they say, oh, that's a shame. Well, for the first time, uh, I was stopped at a grocery store by another African-American gentleman. And um, when he asked me if I played basketball and I said no, he gave me a high five and said, that's good. You're not uh, furthering the stereotype of tall black people. So, you know, that's the uh, first thing that's ever happened to me, and I felt pretty good about it. 
So, 2013, looking up. Okay. See ya. I think he misspoke. He said that's the first, first thing, thing that's ever happened to him. Yeah. He's been, yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> he's grown up at a, yeah. But uh, with really good nutrition. Yeah, clearly. Sure. Um, I wonder what would have happened if he said that he did play basketball. Would the guy have shamed him? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's, cle- he seems, he's clearly delighted by the I don't play basketball response. I once had that conversation with Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. He told me he, he wanted to know that you. And I told him he was a traitor to his race. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have been a lot of line there. That's what really? caused him. I don't, I don't like to, to wade really? into the thorny waters of race politics, but I got to say, <laughs> that seems like you might have, like, that but might not be Je- for you to say. But, you know, John, here's the part of the story you don't know. It was Jesse's uh, dressing down that caused him to make Kazam. Oh, well, there you go. Because he felt so bad. That he thought a subservient genie role would yeah. uplift the people a little bit more. Right. I right. suggest he should go into law enforcement, and that's why he does all those ride-alongs. Okay. <laughs> Famous for his enthusiasm for ride-alongs. Yeah. Let's take another call, huh? Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Ken from Virginia calling in the midst of a momentous occasion. I'm driving home from work on I-66, and I am behind a minivan with the vanity license plate that says A-S-H-L-M-O-M. The only thing I can make out of that is asshole mom, and I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty day. cool. That's pretty great. That's a really solid vanity license yeah. plate. I, kinda I, mean, wanna, I really wonder if that's available in California because my wife really wants asshole mom. I <laughs> promise you she wants asshole mom. When I heard asshole... I was like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere good. It went somewhere amazing. But it went somewhere yeah. really great, asshole mom. I mean, think about even how much more delightful asshole mom is than asshole dad. Like, right there. Asshole dad is, Probably you know, a genuine asshole. He's sure. probably kind of abusive. For one thing. You know, yeah. why is this? Why do I think that the asshole dad is an asshole to his kids, whereas I think an asshole mom is an asshole to other parents? Yeah, well, I think that's, that's where the, that's that's the gendering is what that is. Sure, yeah, I guess so. I think moms could be assholes to their kids, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's where But there's the... something about the nomenclature where I immediately assume the asshole dad is being an asshole to his children and the asshole mom will do anything, will be the biggest fucking dick in the world as long as she's defending her children. God, we are unpacking a lot of suitcases. There's some shit going today. on, man. We are three white guys. This went a little deeper. In the Saving entertainment the world. industry who are really... I want to mention one thing about... Uh... From San Francisco, Orange County, and New York City. So I think we know a thing or two about America. Yeah, we know what America's like. <laughs> I want to mention something about uh, swear word mom. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori Kilmartin was on our show not that long ago, mm-hmm. and we talked to her a little bit about her book, Shitty Mom. Mm-hmm. And she was nice enough to give myself and my wife a copy of her book, Shitty Mom. Oh, for sure. Not only does my mom, not only does my wife love the book, Shitty Mom. Mm-hmm. But she loved it so much that she's been buying copies of it for her other mom friends. Mm. So all I'm saying is if you're out there and you're a mom, you may or may not be shitty, but you're looking for some really You are definitely covered in shit. Yes. If you're looking for high-quality mom humor, mm-hmm. my wife and multiple of her mom friends enthusiastically endorse Shitty Mom. Mm-hmm. They, it's, it is a great blessing to them to have mom humor that is not crappy. If you'll pardon my vulgarity in saying crappy. That's really okay. I think we've said asshole repeatedly in the past five minutes. It's strange that all of a sudden now. We had a now, big jack-off uh, run there that, for a while, too. Yeah. Yeah. I just crappy. It's weird that you're apologizing for crappy. That, I feel uncomfortable saying it even. Oh. I'm like, crap. That, I can't even. That, that, I can't even. It really shouldn't bother you. Yeah. 
Oh. Raw dogging. We did a big raw dogging. The whole thing. raw dogging right here. That's he was sex without a class. condom. That's you know, Maybe people didn't realize. Did you realize that that's, that's what it is? That sex without a condom? Wait, but what does crappy mean? Oh, he meant. Uh, Jesse thought. Jesse thought raw dogging was serving your dog unprocessed dog food. Uncooked, unprocessed yeah. dog food. No. Yeah, like kale. Right. You know, dogs need superfoods. Yes, they kale do. Salad, blueberries. My mm-hmm. pug loves a blueberry. Yeah. Acai berries. Acai? Acai. Well, how do you say it? Aki. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how they say it in New York City. Let's take another call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. Uh, my name's That's Megan, nice. and um, I just woke up to uh, pee like any normal person um, in the morning. And um, as I was uh, uh, going into my bathroom, I noticed in the toilet there was a there was a surprise mouse rat. Um, yeah, either a very large mouse or a very small rat um, in the toilet, and and it was like. Um, there was a This American Life about that that actually happens. There have been legends that are real. And, uh, yeah, mouse rats in the toilet. They 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 can come up through the toilet. Terrifying. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, isn't, okay, bye. isn't the simpler explanation that it got in the toilet? Yeah, why is it she jumped assuming in the that toilet it swam to, up from the bowels of yeah. the sewers? She keeps the lid down. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I, you know, we don't know. She's probably got some inconsiderate lout of a husband. No, Megan's super classy, and she has a super classy wife. She's a lesbian. Okay. Well, maybe maybe that, that lesbian wife is a lout. How about that? Not Again, lesbians can, can be loutish, can be totally loutish. Her wife is probably Portia de Rossi or something. Yeah. Portia de Rossi will piss all over the seat. <laughs> I was a PA we, for the Ellen DeGeneres show, Jesse. <laughs> she's worse and after when she's Portia used the bathroom, I had to it go was in there uninhabitable. with a mop and a bucket, <laughs> a hazmat suit. How does that feel to you? She as can a man fill a BMW. With I don't like that at all. Yeah, you know what? One, I know where I, Are you what, I'm poop thinking. Standing up from here on out, I might poop standing up. And furthermore, I'm wondering if the mouse rat came out of her loudish lesbian uh, uh, wife. Oh, how about that? Mm. What if the one? I mean, you've heard the term "hang a rat." What if she literally went in there and hung a rat? I've and never that's heard what it that is. term, but is that like crappy? Yes. I hear lesbians say it on lesbi- lesbians eat a lot like pythons. <laughs> they will unhinge <laughs> their jaw and swallow An their entire food animals whole. whole. Entirely. Sure. That's that's science. That's science. Yeah. Can, can we take another Anna, the movie Anaconda, speaking of John Voight, <laughs> no, was about Ice Cube and John no. Voight fighting lesbians <laughs> who no. eat animals whole. Mm-hmm. No. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, this is Megan again with the mouse rat. And um, I was trying to be pithy in my last message, but sometimes you want to know the ending of a story. Yeah, well, yeah all right. And what happened with the mouse rat is that um, I, I, I caught it with a uh, small trash can and a piece of cardboard, and I uh, put it outside. So um, happy ending for the mouse rat. And um, I've got both a, a dog and a cat, and uh, both of those jerks slept through the whole thing. <laughs> jerks. <laughs> Do you think the dog and the cat put it in there? Larger issue, it clearly couldn't have come up through if it was still alive. Yeah, right? What the? I mean, how long can a mouse rat hold its breath? I'm assuming two, three hours tops. Sure. No, I think <laughs> They're like Navy SEALs. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a septic tank or something. Huh. Swimming around happy as you please. Sure. Eating poops. Haven't you ever Having heard, haven't you ever read the book Stuart Little? Somebody flushed it down the toilet, but they used the wrong kind of glue, and the box came undone, 
And then they survived. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, there is scientific documentation. Yeah, tell it to Gina Davis, asshole. <laughs> I'd have said E.B. White, for yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> Again, showing my age. I'm pretty sure Gina Davis wrote them. <laughs> okay, right. It's Fine. Too little. Might have been Hugh Laurie, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'll play your silly little game. <laughs> I'll play your who was in the movie adaptation of Stuart Little Game. Fucker. <laughs> Um, that was nice. I mean, I'm glad. I liked the follow-up call, but I, I mean, I, I I would like to encourage the people who are having three ways and having the more interesting experience pay us that same courtesy, right? You know, not that Mouse Rat wasn't delightful, but you know. oh, you want people to to give yeah, you the, the end of the story if they've had some crazy like sure. With it. Okay, fair enough. Do you fair think enough. she was certain that it wasn't a rat mouse? Could have been. Well, it depends what coast she's on. It's like a hoagie grinder thing. <laughs> Sprinkles and shots. It depends right. which hemisphere you're in. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it it's goes clockwise. It also might be south vaguely. Of the equator. Well, yeah, yeah. Rats, rats come. Well, south of the equator, rats do come up from the septic tank, and then north they go down. And I think that's. <laughs> okay. I think most people understand that. Again, we science. Stop Just basic. All of our down pipes to all of their up pipes. <laughs> by the way. By, oh, absolutely. The I time mean, has for come. A lot of reasons. Well, don't look at me. No bomba. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's Obama's America for you, friend. We'll be back. Just, just rats swimming from coast to coast through pipes. Oh, shit. Jordan, Jesse, go. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Hello, I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. John Ross Bowie, sommelier. BoatParty.biz. Great. Sounds like a lot of fun. John Ross Bowie, it's been great to have you here on the show. Been really, really fun. Thanks for uh, for having me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you are a uh, celebrity entertainer and you're starring in the most popular television show in America. Thank you. Thank you. I'm no longer correcting people. I'm just going to own it. You're one of those biggest loser fatsos, right? <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. No, I'm on The Voice. Okay. Yeah. You look – I thought you were CeeLo Green. That is me. That is me. I well, you're, well you're not on The Voice You want to know something season. crazy? I share a birthday with CeeLo Green. Oh. Not the same year, but same day, May 30th. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Do so you share it, a birthday with any other members of the Goody Mob? No. No, I don't think so. None of – it's entirely possible since all of my information – worldwide comes from IMDb, mm-hmm. that if they don't have IMDb profiles, I wouldn't know this. But of the people who have IMDb profiles, the most notable CeeLo Green. Brian Fernandez, can you uh, let me know just real quick what Cujo Goody's birthday is? Would you agree with the Goody mob that the good die mostly over bullshit? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. I share a birthday with uh, Mad Men's Christina Hendricks. Nice. Which uh, I think will be a good a good opening line if I ever meet her. And I think it'll lead to a, a to a, a long time. Raw dogging. A, well, I was going to say a long time friendship, John. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Is your birthday March thirteenth? No, May thirtieth. Oh, that's Cujo Goody's birthday. Hmm. Sorry, no, CeeLo Green. That guy's got a robot leg now. He does. What he, happened to his regular? Not CeeLo Green. Cujo. His good leg died of, died of for bullshit. Yeah, he got in a car accident. He had his leg amputated at the knee. That's bullshit, right there. Yeah, totally. But you know what? That that won't stop him from rapping. No, why should it? Or being the backup. Singer, I guess, on CeeLo's weird Goody Mob comeback song that he performed. They on don't the have voice. hype like men as much as they used to. Thing, in well, hip-hop. it was well, he was singing. CeeLo was singing. No, I know, I know. I'm, I'm almost on it a sidetrack like here. It was mm. like a robot Max Martin type song. Yeah, um, 
but it was a Goody Mob song. But the other members of the Goody Mob are not singers. No, 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 no. They're no. rappers, talented rappers. Yeah. Well, I would charitably call them vocalists. Sure. Yeah. We would call them a vocalist. I didn't understand why CeeLo was performing a weird future robot song, hmm. like a robot torch song. And it was the new Goody Mob single. I see. Seriously, though, why aren't there hype men who just come out and do the last word of every line mm-hmm. like they used to? I'm now at a point where, like, you can sound like a tired old man while you talk about hip hop. That's, wh- <laughs> that's where we are as a country, by the mm-hmm. way. But, like, Willie D from Boogie Down Productions, case in point. <laughs> you want a Perfect really, example. You want a really committed hype man like that guy from the St. Lunatics that wore the catcher's gear. I don't know who you're talking about, but he sounds awesome. Nelly had a hype man okay. who was oh, right. who believed himself to be the greatest hype man of all time. And part of his commitment to hype manning was that he always wore catcher's gear. <laughs> but doesn't – I mean doesn't – don't buy – well, I mean that's I'm, I'm backing up on what I was about to say. But like isn't – just by definition, if you're a hype man, aren't – don't they all believe themselves to be the greatest hype man of all time? Mm. But that's – But he was committed to the art of it. Okay. I think that's what I'm saying. Sure. I think probably the, his only competition would have been Spliff Star, mm-hmm. uh, which would be Buster Rhymes' hype man. Sure, sure. Com- deeply committed hype man who has been – who has fancied himself a rapper for the entirety of Buster Rhymes' solo career. Not during the lead- leaders of the New School days. Oh, but right, yeah. for a good 20 years now, Spliff Star has believed himself to be a rapper. I don't think he's even come out with a single. Wow. It's just that takes been, remarkable restraint in this economy. It's just <laughs> been saying the last word of the line of a uh, Busta Rhymes song and occasionally getting like a two-bar verse. Wow. Or is that, that's but like because they're buddies, right? He, it's because he's a real hype man. Uh-huh. And you, you want to know who's carrying all of Busta Rhymes' guns and drugs? Spliff Star. <laughs> I have to say, is it that the hype man thinks that they're the greatest hype or they think they work for the greatest? Right. That's that's why I, that's what gave me pause. Yeah. Well, the guy from the St. Lunatics, he was committed to the art of the thing. That's Clearly. why he wore the catcher's gear. Clearly. I guess in that, at that point, you have your own hype man to hype you before you start hyping. So they're essentially like valets. They're like Mr. Bates pre-incarceration on Downton Abbey, essentially, sure. is what we're talking about. I think and I'm assuming Star... everyone within the sound of my voice is conversant in hype men and Downton Abbey. <laughs> I think Spliff Star probably has his own hype man. Okay. Don't Great. you? If Spliff Star occasionally will do a club date. Got Star right in the name. He should better have something. Uh-huh. Two R's. Oh, yeah. Not mistaken. By all means. Just like Two Brenda R's, Star. three P's, and Spliff. His name is mm. for Brenda Star. <laughs> strange, strange choice. Cartoon you lose a little bit of street cred when you uh, when you name yourself for Brenda Star. Yeah. My uh, rapper name was Beetle Bailey. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a there was a Hagar the horrible incompetent. <laughs> Mine was the Far Side. Wait a minute. Wow. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Is that why? Wait. Oh, uh, mind blown. Oh my gosh. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Brian Fernandez on the boards, our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We'll see you next week and online at boatparty.biz. Boat Party.